episode 391 of Global From Asia, getting so close to that 400 mark. Today we're talking about horizontal expansion, about Europe, Dubai, all over the world. Really fascinating interview, let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. It's me in my little studio here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Back here. It's been really fun talking to listeners. People are enjoying our content. Annie's show was great. Thank you, Annie, last, last time. This one, we got a really cool one. Nick, it's... A He's a seller, kind of low-key guy, and I'm really happy to get him on the show. He's doing amazing, growing his Amazon business all around the world while he's traveling. We met up here, and it was like, man, I gotta get you on the show. These are my favorite kind of episodes. They're the, the uh, I'm a little more kind of like under the radar, people traveling around the world growing their business, doing a lot of things to happen. Also, I'm inspired to do Cross-Border Summit finally again. Been getting the word out slowly. Crossbordersummit.com, November 16th and 17th, 2023. Here in Chiang Mai, got a venue lined up, getting everything set up, getting some pretty cool speakers lined up. Ticket sales are not open yet, but pencil in those dates, mid-November 2023, fifth one. But let's get into the show. See y'all in there, boom. Are you looking for a cross-border logistics company from Asia to the East and the West? Then look no further, Cross-Better Logistics is a solution for you. From ocean shipping to air freight, from factory to 3PL warehouse, Amazon FBA, and Walmart. Cross-Better Logistics is an experienced service provider for e-commerce sellers and B2B traders on TPS Trade. As a GFA Partner Level sponsor, let them know we sent you and they'll take care of you. Check them out at www.crossbetter.com today. All right, we're getting up to 400 shows here at Global From Asia. We have with us a friend and listener and we met in the meetups nick here nicholas and we're here in chiang mai in the studio we got the recording we we're testing some different setups how you doing today buddy yeah i'm doing great great to see you again i've been listening for a few years now so thanks for it's listening. fun to actually be on the podcast so hopefully i can share some knowledge and experience that i've gone through over the years that's what it's all about man that's I what it's know. all about so yeah, I mean, just just to get a little bit of intro for people. You know, you're from the U.S. and how yeah. did you get out here? So originally from New York, and I was living in Korea. That's like where I first moved in Asia, and then later on, when I was getting into the e-commerce stuff and for real, getting serious about it, I moved to China. Lived in Beijing for a year, and then as my Amazon FBA business was growing, I left my job there, and then my girlfriend's Chinese, so we spent some time in Yunnan, in her hometown, so... And then that was kind of the home base to travel further into Southeast Asia, Asia, and the rest of the world. Sweet, sweet. So, yeah, like, kind of talked about it a bit, but like, how did, how did you get into e-commerce? Like, what was the reason? Right, well, originally, if we go back close to 20 years, <laughs> nice. it'll be eBay. I was selling, <laughs> I used to sell these Zippo lighters. I was able to get basically for free. And, but I just, you know, I was a bit immature and the whole sending it out yourself. And I was like, do I have a box for this? And I wasn't, it wasn't any major seller. So I was like, okay, like, is this really worth it? So I kind of just quit. 
And then that whole, the whole business side of it went on the back burner, was into other things. And then I had a friend selling on Amazon in 2015, and then he needed to launch another product. He was short on cash. We agreed on a terminal kind of investment and I was watching and I was like, wait, so you're telling me that we don't actually have to take this product and go to the post office or have UPS come and get it. And I was like, wow, this is a game changer. Like I want in. So that investment worked out. And then I was like, okay, like I felt like I was a little bit late to the party. So I was traveling in Europe. I was visiting my cousin in London. And then I saw, I was like, oh, they have Amazon here as well. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to start here because it wasn't what it was in the US yet. It was, you know, you're still seeing like, like, listings with one image and you know the you know the obviously they're not listening to the reviews and fixing their products so so yeah i partnered up with a friend and then we jumped in so it was in the uk and then i was like okay i need to go to china started learning chinese i took a job in beijing so i can kind of be in the country to get more samples and then yeah one thing led to another started off as something as kind of i thought would be a side project side hustle and then it became a full-blown business congrats man there's a lot yes. to unpack there absolutely i think the the first part was like i, I know a few of us myself too we started and then we stopped because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of yeah like ebay a lot of us started at ebay and that was a huge nightmare i mean man like eBay, I know it's still around. Actually, I tried to sell on eBay. They closed my account again. <laughs> I don't even know what I did. It's just suspicious activity and they closed yeah. me down. Like, but yeah, I mean, it's just been, like, you know, 2015. And the second part to say, like what you just said is you thought you were too late in 2015, right? Like, man, we always think we're too late. Yeah. Everybody yeah. thinks they're too late. So I'm just trying to kind of recap those points to the to the listeners is, you know, we're in 2023 now, right? Yeah. In January, you know, and then probably five years from now, 10 years from now, they'll, why didn't I start in 2023, right? It's like, exactly. you just gotta start. I think yeah. that's just, that's just something, right? Like we always feel like too late. Oh, I, you know, even in 2004, when I started, I went to some make money online and we all thought it was too late to sell on eBay, <laughs> too late to sell online, like, yeah. oh, the dot-com bubble. So I, I just, I just want to highlight those points that you had said and, uh, but yeah, I mean, so you, yeah, you haven't, actually, I have no experience in Europe. I've talked to many others that do Europe, but so you're more specialized in, in Europe? Yeah, well, we sell, like, the one thing we went different than, like, most people, we didn't keep launching, like, a ton of products. We, like, grew horizontally. So we started in the UK, and then one day I saw this sale in Spain, and I didn't quite grasp what happened because we never listed the product. So I clicked, I went on Amazon.es, which is the marketplace, right, the domain for Spain. And I saw our product there and it was like really expensive because it's like the listing price in the UK and then they converted it to from pounds to euro and uh, they made a sale. It was a terrible listing. Like it was like Google, like it was like now they translate a little bit better, but it was really bad. But someone bought it and I was like, you know what? Like they had the pan-European program. There was two different methods of selling like the, across the border. So like you can fulfill from the UK and it'll send it to, this is before Brexit. So they would send over to the EU. And then, uh, but like it's expensive, the fulfillment fees l- more than if it's coming from within the same country or neighboring country in that case, like if it was in France or something. And then, uh, so, we, cause, so then you have the whole VAT process, mm-hmm. you need to be that registered in all these countries. So, so basically in a nutshell is that if you're not registered in the, in, if you're not keeping physical products in the country, then you didn't have to be that registered. So you could send from the UK. 
But again, like unless you're like selling something extremely unique, no one's really buying these things. I don't know what happened with this one sale in Spain. So like we're like, okay, let's get registered in Germany and France because that, that we figured that would be the easiest. We went and pursued that ourselves. And then Amazon had some program to get like that registered and they gave you like working with some companies and then they kind of paid for you. So though, so initially it was Spain, France, Germany, Italy, and Poland and Czech Republic. They don't have a marketplace in those countries, but because of their location next to Germany, the fulfillment from there, a lot of the products sold in Germany are coming from Czech Republic or Czechia now and Poland. So it's like you got a reduced fee for being VAT registered there. So yeah, so that was like it. So we we're like, okay, let's get let's get registered in these countries, and we start selling, listing translations, and you know everything for that. So that that was the next step. So it was like UK, then like the Pan Euro program to sell in France, Spain, Germany, Italy, and then then we went to the US. So then we're like, okay, in the US, and then next was I think Australia. And then the UAE and Canada, I think those are about around the same time. We tried Japan, got suspended, kept going. Like it was just, it was like a pro, and then we just kind of gave up on it. And we're like, okay, we're, we're just going to continue with these other marketplaces. So yeah, that was like, that was like the horizontal. The, the good thing about growing horizontally is like you have the images. Like basically, I mean, there are, there is like sometimes like some other barriers, like maybe you need a company, things like import or record. Etc. But it was like okay, like we have these products, like why not sell them there? You know, especially like if you're selling in the U.S., like Canada, it's same language. I mean, there is a French translation as well, but Australia, same language. UAE is actually uh, English. You know, for most, like you can list on in, in English on the marketplace. So yeah, we're like let, let's keep expanding. We like so, I like digging into like a lot of the government regulations and finding the way in and dealing with the whole like taxes and duty and all that. Like that that stuff never bothered me. Like. I can't say like other people like love launching products. Like I can't say like I love finding new products, yeah. but I like doing like a lot of like the admin stuff and the taxes and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, this is fascinating for me. I mean, mm. I'm only U.S. basically. Mm. I've all, I've done many many different projects, brands, uh, always U.S. I did try with my first one while I was still eBay seller and yeah. barely even in Amazon. I I got the .co.uk to .eu mm. of the bar products brand I did. And it was crazy because I did Google Translate and then I was talking to German customers by Google Translate mm -hmm. in email. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit, opened a UK company, but that was 20, 2007 or eight. Mm -hmm. but, but then I went back to the US. I actually, the worst was my 3PL had a, there was a character <laughs> issue in the CSV or okay. XML to, mm -hmm. to his warehouse. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't paying my, I wasn't paying close attention and it was a week before Christmas mm -hmm. and we found out and it was like two weeks of orders mm -hmm. and then so we basically like almost missed I think we somehow made it for Christmas but then we got rained on with like chargebacks and customer oh, support man. so I've only focused in the US but but this is a really cool strategy to go just so then you're you're just I know people don't like to share their their brands online, mm. online, but it's a it's a highly competitive product. Or is uh, we have a few products. Yeah. We're in sports and outdoors, and yeah, I mean it's definitely competitive. I mean the longest running SKU we have is like over ten or eleven thousand reviews because it's been selling some of the other ones in the thousands or hundreds if they're like some of the newer ones. So. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the strategy. I'd say the biggest disadvantage of like the horizontal growth. So like during like this big boom with all the aggregators. Yeah. So like they all guaranteed their investors like high growth. And one of the ways they did that was the same thing. They were like, okay, we're going to go over to Europe. Because especially sometimes, I can't remember exactly if it was like 2018, 19. I think around 2018 and the reviews from all over the world was like now they showed and they merged them together because before it was all separate so like when we launched in the US we started with nothing mm. but like when we went to like I think it was by the time we were in the UAE it was like okay they just started merging them and then like okay we got the, all these reviews you know so if someone's starting from scratch then you know but if you have the reviews you move over and they come with you so that makes it easier so that's what the aggregators were doing but when they did look at like our, like we, we came close to selling and then, but then like later on, like I, some other ones we spoke with, they were like, yeah, like they couldn't find a way how they were going to like impress their investors because, you know, I mean, say what you say, a lot of them don't have any magical like sales strategy, especially in some competitive field products. And so they're going to grow, expand horizontally. And then like, they don't have that with us. So like it wasn't as attractive mm. as someone who's only, maybe like your brand, you're only selling in the U.S., and they can double or triple sales in other markets, at least the first year, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, what I've learned with selling brands is we actually, it's, it's counterintuitive because we as an entrepreneur or business owner think we want to show the most perfect, flawless business somebody wants to buy, but actually they want to see problems because yeah. they want to fix those problems to make more money. So when I, I was, I was I've been just reading Flipper for fun. Mm. It's almost, it's fun. Sometimes I get suckered mm. into a small, small project. But you read the descriptions, they purposely say like, I don't have time for this, or I'm not good at PPC, mm. or I didn't, you know, like they, they purposely say something so that the investor mm. sees the opportunity. If they fix that, they could increase the value. But, you know, when we do everything perfectly, we tell them it's totally perfect. But still, I think there's, there is synergy. I think we had chatted before when we met. Of course, scale up, scaling of supply mm. chain and other synergies. But of course, that is, I've noticed a lot of aggregators would do the horizontal to grow because a lot of sellers don't do the horizontal until later. Because like, yeah, there's ways to grow, right? Like most add new products. Another way is to increase the order, repeat orders, somehow yeah. get, that's harder in, I don't know how yeah. to subscribe and save, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I but that's, that seems like a dream because then you're just yeah. getting recurring. Yeah, it would depend on maybe if you're selling something like supplements or maybe skincare, then you can get this surprise. If you're selling something like someone buys like once a year or once every five years, then it's going to get a bit more challenging. Yeah, I mean, some of the other ways that, that we did, so like I was saying, I moved to China and like I was talking to, I originally found the first supplier on Alibaba, like most people. And then I wanted to visit the factory because I was there. And then like, I was like talking to the, who I thought was my factory <laughs> in Nanjing. And then the guy's like, okay, I need to meet you. I'm like, yeah, well, I'll let you know if I'm gonna be there. He's like, yeah, but I have to travel there. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just gonna show up to this address that I see on your, and he's like, no, it's like three hours away. I'm like, who puts a factory three hours away from their office? Then my light bulb went in my head. And then I, then I sent my girlfriend over, got the contacts, we cut out the middleman. I mean, like this cut our, cut the cost yeah, like, well, almost well, in half. In half. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. And then like, it was just little things. Like we were paying maybe like, 30 cents or something, 40 cents for packaging. And then like we got that as well on top of 15 cents, like for like 15 instead of 40 little things. And then like working directly with like Chinese freight forwarders in the beginning and stuff like that. There was other ways to find money and save money. So 
Yeah, you can, there, there's definitely different ways, but like trimming the fat, you can definitely save money, which puts more profit, helps with the margins. But again, like if you are looking like on an exit, they see all this like, well, like you're like, oh, I want to be the perfect businessman. And then like, well, you've optimized this. So we don't see as much growth, you know, and then maybe they're less interested. So it all depends. Yeah, you could always find some, you gotta, I think, find some kind of a story of something that they could do better or yeah. some opportunity or products they could add. You know, in my experiences, sometimes say, I have like five ASINs, I just don't have money to, to launch. Mm. You know, I have this product research, they're ready to mm. go, I just don't have money. Because the, the, the aggregators, especially, they have money yeah. <laughs> and they don't have brain. Mm. <laughs> no offense to anybody, <laughs> but they, they, or they don't want to use their, it's actually hard to get creativity, right? So if you can show them you have this creative backlog of product yeah. or products that you launched before, they didn't have money to keep in stock, I've seen that. That's some other tactics, but um, but yeah, I mean, we've said it a lot on this show. Build a relationship with the supplier, or come to China, or go to your meet your factory. It's mind blowing. The borders are just opening today. We mm -hmm. Sunday today, the borders of China just opened. I saw the articles online. You know, <sighs> love met love relationships have been rejoined. You yeah. know, we can go back. I can go meet some factories and and uh, friends. So that's gonna create a lot more opportunity. But yeah, I mean, meeting them is just, it's, and of course, or finding out if they're the sales, or they say, sometimes they say they're the sales department. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't know why he didn't say that to you, because yeah, sometimes yeah. they say they're the sales office. Yeah, I mean, whatever it may be. But then, <laughs> and then, and then when, when, she, when, when my girlfriend was there, and then there was a guy there, and then she's like, oh, like, is this your factory? And he's like, yeah. And then someone in the factory was like, no. And then, like, you can see they don't even know each other. Like, there was this disconnect. So it's funny. I mean, in other times, though, it can help. If, like, if they're not charging you, like, you know, a 50 or 100% margin, but, like, there is, like, value in them. You know, they, they can help you out a lot. It just depends on the relationship. You know, or if you can develop a team and people working for you who are Chinese and they can handle that, and that's a, that's another way, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, there's a lot there. I mean, there's there's trading companies and there's like sourcing agents. Yeah. So usually a trading company, I've done that. I've done that as a service back in the day, mm. and they don't usually want to show your supplier. Whereas I like to see the supplier because it mm. just feel more secure, and then mm. they they add their on top. Right, yeah. like some others, they add it on top. Yeah. So at least and you pay them for that service rather than just marking up the goods. Or at least if yeah. they're gonna mark it up, they tell you put ten percent or yeah. some just transparently say they put ten percent. Yeah. Or and then, something. then there's like the other part, like if they're a service, but then if they're just putting it on the price of the product, and when you're importing it, it affects the duty mm -hmm. and like the way your your invoices are. So there, there's like that side of it too. That's so true. I mean, like you pay. So yeah, like in the case of the U.S. Well, the U.S. You have like you know the the duties that went up, if they fall in those categories, so if you were paying 20%, like, you know, you want that on the as least amount as possible. But then, yeah, in Europe, you pay like the duty and the VAT up front, you claim it back, but it's, it just makes it more, you less cash flow if you're not doing these exemptions and stuff. True. And then Yunnan or West, you're, is that most of your supplier is, is there in the West? No, it's actually like uh, the suppliers we have are, Mostly central China. So like when I was in Yunnan, it's just uh, just, just hanging out there. Oh, yeah. Okay, but then, okay. uh, 
you know, I, I didn't know anybody there, so I'd stay there. But I mean, I would travel. I've been to almost every province in China. I mean, but like half pleasure. But like I would, I've been all over visiting factories, exploring new products. But it's mostly central China. We also manufacture in Taiwan. We we deal with a factory in Taiwan as well. So. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, it's just, it was like a bit of a, it's not really the best base, like, if you, like, want to go, like, quickly, because, like, it, it, now they have the train, but it involved, like, a, a plane ride, a, a flight, pretty much, so. I still you know. haven't been. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. I mean, I've had the food, it's, you know, there's a lot of Yunnan restaurants that are, it's a lot different than, it's a different style of Chinese food and, and yeah. lifestyle. It's more laid back. Yeah, I mean, it's like the way that they're moving on the roads there is a lot more relaxed, more more like here. I mean, it's it's actually just like less than an hour flight from here. Oh. Are, so it's closer than Bangkok even. But, Interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, then COVID happened and then quickly, like I was actually uh. there during part of it and then like I left and I haven't been back. And yeah, I won't, we won't be living there again. So, but yeah. Yeah, I think... <laughs> COVID, it's been like three years now, seriously, yeah. three years. I think it's finally over, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say over, but I, at least the border is opening, it's spreading all over China. They just, I think it's just a delay of two years of spreading it and it'll get past the Chinese people and world will hopefully be back to somewhat normal. But, you know, let's talk about some of the, I think we learn a lot from mistakes or problems or hardships or the roller coaster ride, right? Yeah. I, I, I love, to be able to hear some of the hard things, you know, I, you always see those success stories of somebody, everything worked perfect, mm -hmm. but they don't tell you about the 10 years and the, the yeah. blood and the sweat. So I don't know if you got some blood or some oh, sweat. Oh yeah, there's, there's a ton. <laughs> One that stands out right now, like we got hit with like a patent infringement. Oh, no. And it, it, it was actually like if you, if we read read into it and it was someone else has been like not not on Amazon but they were like going to court over it. There's like it was like a chance we can win it, but it's like you need a lot of money to go to court, you know. And it's like we're gonna spend like tens of thousands of dollars. It's like so we kind of we chose just to like eat the loss on the product and then yeah. So you know that that was quite a lot of time, a lot of time spent, yeah. a lot of money, and then you get hit with that and you're like, okay, you know. Okay, we need to be more careful. We thought like, so actually like on the product, it was like, it was like a modification and like we were paying attention to the design on the specific thing that we were adding and there was no patents, but then it was actually the, the function, right, of the, of the product. So they had a patent and it's like, okay, so, and then we tried, like we wanted, like we we're like, hey, like we'll pay a yeah. percentage or whatever, but they just weren't interested. So they weren't willing to work with us, even though other sellers have the, the agreement and they were paying a fee or whatever but they, they weren't interested in licensing out so Damn. yeah so Usually yeah that was a, that was a tough one yeah uh. yeah i mean what else i mean some things are harder for i mean in, in a positive light was like during covid in the beginning we were selling out like three months inventory in like weeks and then but then like it was like airfare so we we're paying for like air shipments yeah. and it was like crazy amount of money but like it wasn't even like, okay, like just the profits because like, you know, you spent years like holding these rankings on the first page and then like, but then it got to a point like we went out of stock and there was nothing you can do about it. Like the factories weren't running or you couldn't get stuff over quick enough. And, and eventually those like organic rankings that were had, like we worked hard and doing everything we needed to do, like they were gone. Like, so then like the PVC went up and like, so that, that's kind of held over. Like 
some of the ranking, things changed a lot after that. Like it wasn't the same after like 2019 compared to like 2021, very different because of that in particular. And I spent way more on ads than we did prior to. So that, that comes with the territory. And yeah, I guess the other things is like on our packaging or like getting comfortable with the factory and thinking, okay, everything's going to be made well. We don't need to inspect it anymore. And then we get hit with a lot of returns because of like the packaging was like mm. opening and things are falling out. Yeah. So, damn, that was all. Each of those are important yeah. lessons. I mean, the patent one, I, I noticed even some of these, you know, the VAs or online Amazon assistants that help do the patent search, but I guess it wouldn't even maybe caught it because the product, you said it was more the process, not the product itself. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think I think you know, eventually, like we didn't do enough, like enough due diligence yeah, on our own, so we. For it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the school of hard knocks, but that that's yeah. the way that's the way we go yeah. here. And so avoid it. I haven't hit that again. <laughs> that's so. good. I mean, a few of us, a few of the sellers and myself, I've gotten the copyright lawyers. Mm. I mean, you have a patent lawyer, but there's these lawyers. They're they're just they have. I guess they use some kind of software. They probably have some kind of software. Mm. There's probably a lawyer podcast or yeah. something. How to make money from Amazon sellers, and they're like scrolling through. Yep. Just yeah. even if it's not the product, it's like a background image that mm. they're like the the background image that somebody's using of New York City. Mm. Okay. And a guy got a five thousand uh, dollar lawsuit, and he just paid it because he said it's not worth fighting, mm. and he gets it all settled for five thousand, pays five thousand, locks the account, mm. can't, you know, and then but uh, yeah, I mean that's a common one, and then the stock, and then yeah, COVID. Man, I remember March 2020 when they stopped accepting inbound shipments. Yeah. That scared us so bad. And there was like a container that didn't get booked yet mm. to ship. <laughs> oh, that was a nightmare, but that, that passed. It's just, right now, I mean, for me, one of our brands, we're scrambling for Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. It's so hard this year, for me at least, because it's right after New Year. Yeah. There's such a closed... Yeah, like one of our factories, they're closing down on, on Tuesday, so it's like <laughs> twelve like, for which us, which is quite early. So we gotta get this shipment out. So it's on the, you know, it's gonna be on the sea for a while. So yeah, getting that all out, like getting it organized. We just gotta get it out of their doors, and then at least the shippers are still uh, they're still going. So should as long as they leave sometime, yeah, this month. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're looking possibly February. You know, so exactly the Chinese New Year is just so hard to. To predict, but this year was harder for me, I guess, mm. because it used to have a at least until February or late January. Now yeah, it's earlier this year. It's earlier. Yeah. So you know, I was some of the people were just more in holiday mode in our team, and now it's like we're rushing and rushing right after New Year's, Western New Year's. So you know. So what do you think? Is the opportunity now? Like, what do you think is the opportunity? You know, opportunity for sellers, for sellers now. Well, I would say the model with a with a lot of us started in like 2015, 16, maybe in earlier, was like, okay, you see some weak listings, you got a, the same or similar product. Maybe you made modifications. Maybe you didn't. You put your logo on it. You did the best thing. But like every like almost everyone has good images, videos now, good copywriting. You know, the people are hiring the right people. So like I think this like taking this, you know, this white label product, putting your brand on it. But I think if, if you have a product, you know, that you're creating and I know you had like Don Wilder on yeah, here, like he's making his own pride. I think like this is the way to go. You, you know, you need to be 
making things that are unique or special, get a patent, get your intellectual property rights, and then and then you'll have a money. I don't know if I can say it's dead. I mean, I'm not launching anything with this model anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I have like we have our few SKUs and they're going. And the only thing, if when if and when I sell the next physical product would be. If I have a patent or something like unique and it's not as easy for other people just to jump on and copy the same thing, you know, because it's it's tough. I mean, the the thing like before with the review, I, I, as far as reviews, I've launched products with zero reviews. True. We built up slowly okay. now, so I'm I'm not so concerned. I wouldn't be so concerned about that. Like like people you know, like people who are like been selling are like, oh, how do I get reviews? Like just like I think that's less important these days. So, uh, which is good, you know, all these like review farms and stuff, it got yeah. ridiculous. I mean, I'd rather not, but the, like, the only downside, you figure you get like one review out of your hundred so or 500. Yeah, you get like, so so, like for 495 of the 500 sales are good. Like everyone's happy and like maybe one out of the five or five of those are unhappy. One of them leaves a one star, <laughs> but you might only have three reviews. And now like you're stuck with these images, like you might, the product might be dead. Like, it's hard horrible. to come back from that. So th th that's the downside. So like, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know who buys a product with one star if there's some something else just like it. So I think you're, it you're is scary. Stuff. I mean, it's so scary. With I agree. I mean, I I've, I've been we've been launching a lot. We have mm -hmm. the you know the Excalibur Brothers brand, mm -hmm. and we have other a, a factory here in Thailand we're working with. Forty Asins and no reviews, and uh, we did a couple of Vine mm -hmm. on a couple of the top ones, but. But yeah, I mean, it sells. It sells without reviews. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. Yeah. Everyone always says do PPC with like ten, nine. Yeah, that was the, yeah, they were like, don't that. do PPC unless you Minimum have five, five, right, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we do PPC with no mm. reviews. But the, the the scariest part is one evil buyer. My friend mm. calls it is is uh, too much power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have too yeah. much no, power. Can, can, can ruin it's it. really scary. It's, it's so scary. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think if someone, if you have a great idea and you're able to get that idea into the the product to create the product, get it made, then you know, I guess the only the the other side of that is if it's new and you're revolutionary in some way, then like you don't know if there's demand, right? So we don't know. Like the the, the trick was before was like, okay, you see the BSR, you're like, oh, this is selling, so I'll just add another one, and then another one entered, and another one, and they saturated. But anyway, that that was the difference. So there True. is it's a downside, but you know, that's you can. Get some I mean, research and test out, ask people. And you know, I, I think for me the opportunity is to make a, port, a brand, a complete brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot of sellers, you know, no one disrespect, I respect the hustle, but mm -hmm. they do one ASIN, right? Yeah. And they, of course, they do private label, they mm -hmm. make a brand. But I know it's we always hard to build multiple products, but I think you kind of got to yeah. show a complete package and hopefully mm -hmm. there's cross cross-promotion opportunities within those products hopefully you but and then you can do brand I mean brand advertising mm. brand building yeah. influencers yeah. It, but of course that takes more money and more time to have multiple products yeah I mean if you can drive the traffic you have an audience you have someone or some people elsewhere who are gonna come and buy then then yeah then you have another advantage so I know a lot of people who are putting a lot of time in the content and things like that so they can have this audience let's say and to sell to so yeah the, the, like yeah if you have a brand definitely if you have good quality i mean if you just like if you get to the factories and like, uh, like we had some problems i mean we went to the factory we're like look we got to improve this sat there with their en engineers and 
made it better. I mean, like, I, I don't know if it's much better than competition, but we were having problems specifically with our products. And I was like, okay, like some people, like they're just gonna leave it, you know, like you can't do that, right? So yeah, I mean, there's always some fire to put out or something like that. Yeah, product business. I mean, every business has, but product sure. business, you have to have a quality product, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious, but it's now more than ever. But yeah, I mean, another way, like, you got me thinking about Europe. I, I'm always scared about the VAT and the complications, but what, what do you tell your friends or tell sellers looking to go into Europe? I always say, like, you should do it. I mean, the, the, the scary part of the VAT and that, but it's, it's not, it's not, like, you don't have to do it yourself. So I actually, so, like, what... We started off like using a company and they, they weren't doing it correctly. One day I started digging through their work and I'm like with spreadsheets, I'm pretty good with numbers and, and accounting. So I went over and so basically we started doing our own VAT for a few years. And so then we were finally like, well, like we want to automate it for ourselves because we're using like spreadsheets. There's still room for human error. So like we're going to automate this, you know, so we, we hired the developers and we're like, okay, like I'm sure other people would like to use this because the the VAT compliance is expensive. Like you can you can get like some kind of intro like with like Amazon maybe, but like generally like the average seller if they're doing all the pan Euro countries, they're probably paying between like five hundred and eight hundred dollars a month. So like we're, we've created this software where like you just put in the Amazon CSV and it'll spit out like the returns for you now. Unfortunately, it's not like that easy. Like it's like you still have to register you have to register in each country or get registered. And then you have to file, but some countries, they don't allow you to file. UK is the easiest. And then Germany is actually like pretty straightforward. You can do it yourself. A few of the other countries, you have to have a local partner. So we have this network of accountants we work with, but my recommendation, if someone wants to launch in Europe, like UK is the easiest one because of language, it's in English. I'm assuming like, you know, we're talking about English speakers here. And it's easy and like, it's just like, it's a less bureaucratic than let's say Spain. So you can get your own VAT number. It's all in English. If, you, if not, you can get someone else to do it. So you, and then you can do the returns yourself as well. And now the, the part is like, if you do like five sales, it's easy. But like once you start getting into like even like a hundred, it's a little bit more complicated. So that's like basically what we created the software for. So like there's like, most people don't know how to do it. I mean, majority, even a lot of accountants. So you just put it in and you'll get the numbers you need and then exactly in the format that you would file it in. So it's make it a lot easier, a lot more cost effective. Like we'll be cutting costs drastically. Like we should be launching it hopefully by this, within this month. And then, yeah, like we're hoping to change, change that'll be a disruptor here so people can actually expand there if they want to, if they're already selling there, cut back on costs, you know, okay. like they're, they're spending a lot of money. So that sounds great. Yeah. Maybe it's not a little bit more specific question for me, but may, mm -hmm. maybe somebody listening. So I, I think, you know, I have a few different brands with different companies. Mm -hmm. Would I sell, would I have to register a company? I know you can do VAT from like, I know Hong Kong. Should I have a company there? Should I have a company for each brand or company that I'm selling for? Or should I like use one company for my Europe? Right. Making sense you can here. sell. Like, so the thing is, the, the one thing that I find a nuisance with Amazon, so like since the UK left the EU, but you have like, it's like the North America, right? Canada, Mexico and US are all under the same account. So you'll have one company for like both UK and EU. If you have multiple brands, I mean, like you don't want to have multiple companies selling within Europe because then you're adding more yeah, costs, registration, like you're talking about tax filings. I mean, if you have, for example, a US LLC or Hong Kong company, you can easily sell in Europe. Like there's no problem. There is an issue with like the importer of record or declarant. So 
if you don't have a company in the EU or in the UK, like technically you're supposed to, but like, again, there's solution. We, we, we have something for that as well. Cool. Like, so if people need an IOR or declaring, okay. they can get it done and we take care of it. Awesome. Because we had the UK company selling in Europe and then when the Brexit happened, so then we had to deal with that. So, you know, we've had a couple different companies in the EU to handle this, like that we started to do this. So we do it for ourselves and we offer this service for others as well. Okay. And then, so I'm selling in the US, I'm, you know, I'm buying from China, manufacturing in China or Asia. Mm -hmm. So now, of course, I would just send some, I'm not, you wouldn't send an ocean to, to Europe, right? You'd probably airship or... Probably, um, we, I mean, if... I guess uh, if you're big enough to do ocean... If, you, if, you're, if you're testing the market, you have, obviously, you can do air freight, the most expensive. The other option that it doesn't exist in the US is the train. Mm. So, like, you, like, the train is, like, somewhere in between. It's not as cheap as the ocean, but it's quicker, mm. but not as quick as the plane. So, we, we've used it before. Like, in sometimes it's been beneficial. Like, we don't really... We have regular sea shipments. We... Right now, like the latest, we, we started using Amazon Global Logistic. Yeah. It's going in through Rotterdam. Before, we used Hamburg in Germany. But yeah, we, we send directly from China. If you're like just testing the market, depends, I guess, on the size of your product, the volume. You, maybe you want to test the market with an air shipment. But otherwise, yeah, the sea shipments is, is the way to go. Now, because of Brexit, you're going to send separately to the UK and the EU. That's just something <laughs> to keep in mind. Got and, it. Got it. All right, Nick, this has been great. So how can people find... You know, it says maybe next next thirty days the software or or you know connect with you. What are some ways? To yeah, if, if you're interested, if you like got any questions about VAT and stuff, contact at paneurovat.com. So that would be p a n e u r o v a t dot com. Paneurovat.com. And then uh, yeah, if you, if you also the importer record would be contact at eudeclarant.com. We can put that in the, the yeah, footnotes. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to reach out to me directly, then you can find me on Facebook with my name, Nick Liconte, N-I-C-K-L-E-C-O-N-T-E. And if you're in Southeast Asia in the next few weeks, I'll be here in Thailand until awesome. the end of the month. Awesome, man. Really great to have you, Nick. Yeah, thanks thanks, thanks so much senior. for having me to happen. Yeah. Appreciate it. And thank you to our sponsor, our returning sponsor, Mercury.com, online bank. Well, it's a real bank, but you can do it totally online for US. Our Blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're going to have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances you can go to globalfamasia.com slash mercury i also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people I use the same exact video to learn how to use it i hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there thank you so much for listening and watching you know i, I think there's been some technical issues lately with the show I don't know, like we're on, we try to, we actually just fixed up our podcast page at globalformation.com slash podcast dash radio, where we link to like Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iTunes. I think there's even others. Of course, we're on WeChat, but of course, WeChat's in its own world. So some people listen on WeChat or uh, Alaya. Really appreciate our listeners in China. I know how hard it is there, and I hope you're having a great Chinese New Year, the year of the rabbit. We will be putting the show online right in the middle of Chinese New Year's holiday. Basically, for those that don't know, two or three weeks, China's closed, and for this year, it's kind of mid-January till early February. But we're still rocking here. Thailand's normal. Of course, there's a bunch of Chinese New Year stuff around. I think there's been fireworks shooting off already. 
but also about the show, about Nick. Thank you for sharing. We are also learning. I'm studying about Europe. I, I'll be honest, I haven't done too much there since my eBay days. I had an eBay UK account and a UK company, and I sold in Germany, but I mostly still in the US. But I think we're going to grow horizontally a little bit. Like, early, I don't want to promise, but I'm studying. I was already talking to Nick. Maybe we got to get a little private mastermind for him. Also, I've been spending a lot of time talking to him while he's in town. And we have just so many great people in this community. There's a lot happening, but the most important or my favorite is to crossbordersummit.com. Save the date, November 16th and 17th. If you want to be in the VIP, we're going to do a mastermind before the day before on Wednesday. It'll be a half day like we've done the last few times. People really like it. And then we have a VIP dinner with speakers and guests. And then the main event is Thursday, November 16th and Friday, November 17th. And with, of course, a full-day conference, networking, learning, after parties. And then Saturday, we're going to have a great training day. So if you want to get some add-on training sessions with some of the amazing guests and speakers, you can do that. I'm already seeing some cool comments. I barely even told people. People are super excited already. Save the date, November 16th to the 17th. This is just kind of early announcements, but there's just so much to do so much to grow and build but that's what makes life and business interesting see you later we already got the week the show after this is already recorded chris rawlings a really amazing discussion about growing your brand in 2023 we dive into ai and just growth and a fascinating conversation so i am sure you'll like that too whether you're listening or watching i'm trying to make you know fix my hair for this i just had my lunch but that's it for today. See you in the next episode. Like, subscribe, comment, share, blah, 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 whatever. We're just making good stuff here, so I hope you enjoy it. And we've been here doing it since 2013. It'll be 10 years this October. Can you believe that? 10 years. Thanks again. See you all later at globalfromasia.com. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.